This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Toronto, Canada. If you're listening to us on TSN 1050, TSN mobile app, iHeartRadio, good morning. The gang's all here. A live edition of GTC in October, Zucchino Weeks. Scully, Bob, man, I got to tell you, we woke up at, uh, this morning. It, it was winter all of a sudden. All of a sudden, the golf clubs, they got up on their own, and they walked down into the crawl space and put themselves away. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that could be. It definitely is a um, damp morning out here in Toronto. It's not, uh, not a pleasurable morning. No, it is not. Now, do you have any... Are you now in that mode of, I am not planning or scheduling any golf. I am simply just, hey, if I get a bonus day of some kind uh, and, and I happen to get the sun out and, you know, it looks like a golf day, you'll go out. But other than that, you're not planning any golf in, in anytime soon? Yeah, I have a couple of games actually scheduled for late next week. Um, but... You know, it's kind of like a, a game time decision. I think I'm not sure how other people feel, but yeah, I'm not I'm not one to play in six degrees and rain like it is out there today. So I think uh, I think I'll just uh, I'll just as you said, wake up if the sun's nice, like it was on the weekend. We had some good days on the weekend, and it got actually above uh, what the forecast high was, and it was sunny, and there was not much wind, and that that makes it okay. But uh, yeah, so wait and see right now. If I don't play again uh, until um, well until a big December match we have coming up, then uh, then I'll be fine. Yes, looking pretty good. Like uh, we might be heading down to the kingdom in Carlsbad. At least we're we're all hoping so. And I know Adam's going to Spain. So, but I'm hoping that uh, they get a team recoil. Bob gets another chance at Weeksino because uh, they're in desperate need of a victory over the veterans. So we got a crazy uh, busy show considering it's October. Uh, Ralph Bauer is going to join us uh, here in hour two. Uh, Ralph, of course, one of the best coaches in the country, works out at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. But, uh, you know, he was on in the summer because he released an app called the Tour Read app and was working on the technology at the time. But now, Bob, this app is in the hands of 30 PGA touring pros all of a sudden. This thing is gaining traction like Matt. I know you've had a chance to use it. I've had a chance to use it. So we're going to talk to Ralph about, you know, a little bit more details about what this app does, how it can help you, how it's available now to everybody, and the fact that it's got traction on uh, tour as well. Um, Adam and I, earlier this week, uh, spoke to Mitch Grassing from Foresight and Foresight Technologies, Foresight Canada launched GC3. So I'm a big fan of the GC Quad. I have a tower. I know Adam's always playing around with his numbers and things of that nature. Uh, so I spoke with Mitch earlier uh, in the week about the new launch of the GC3, which is their, they're describing it as the best of both worlds in the sense that you don't have to, you know, spend the farm and bring in the GC quad, which is, you know, top of the food chain. That's what, you know, 18 of the top, I think, 30 players in the world are using, maybe higher. 
Uh, and this is at a price point that they think is just more digestible, this GC3 for the, for the golf community. Uh, but also a uh, little bit more mobile. It's, it's a sleeker tower. In fact, we'll have one in uh, likely in studio for Festivus to show. So hoping for <laughs> We're going to hit balls well. in the studio. So, I love it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll hit some balls in the studio. So <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, and, of course, we'll get the winners weird and what and, uh, and, and all that great stuff. But let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. And now that our Zoom link's uh, working as well, we can say good morning to Adam Scully as well. Scully, what's happening, buddy? Oh, look, Hello, look yes. at that on the Zoom. Bob's showing us the, uh, the beauty. What, what, forget your dog's name again, Bob. That's Maverick. He's, uh, he's doing what most of us Maverick. are doing today, s- sleeping. Is, uh, is, is Maverick named after Maverick McNeely, or what, what's the what's the? No, no, he's not. He's that. named after uh, Maverick he's, and Goose from Top Gun. Top I think. Gun Two, named after Top Gun Two, which is coming. <laughs> yeah, out of that's right. Weeks. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Boys, amazing victory. Bernard Longer, sixty-four, becomes the oldest player to ever win in Champions Tour history, is in, and is now leading the Charles Schwab Cup. He has won the Charles Schwab Cup five times. And no other player has won it more than twice. And when you think about some of the players that have come along the years with the Champions Tour and dominated, Lee Trevino, Hale Irwin, uh, just trying to think off the top of my head, there were some other uh, players that you know had their runs where they were the dominant player on the Champions Tour. And, and quite often, maybe guys that weren't dominant or weren't elite on the PGA Tour that found careers. For him to now be in line to, to maybe win this thing for the sixth time, Bob, he's beating father time. It's unbelievable. And, and my gut tells me he makes the cut in April at Augusta. And, and the, the interesting thing is he is doing it in a way that none of us can actually understand because he actually keeps himself in shape and he eats well and he is just a <laughs> determined <laughs> determined man when it comes to this physical well-being and that's so I say as we probably don't know all that well but he yeah he really is I mean you look at the guy and you see him and you think he's you know 50 again he's uh and he apparently um rarely eats anything that's what you would call junk he works out pretty much every day and he works on his game and he's lost a lot you know he's lost yardage compared to the people who are coming on now so he's found different ways to get things done but it's it's just absolutely remarkable at 64 um he's got 42 wins now on the champions tour that's ridiculous well it is ridiculous because your window out there to win is not supposed to be 14 years, which now it is for Bernard from 50 to 64. The window to accumulate victories is supposed to be a three to four, a maybe a five-year window. And you get on the other side of 56, and then all of a sudden, you know, Phil Mickelson shows up on the uh, Champions Tour or Jim Furyk or Steve Stricker, like the amount of talent that has come onto that Champions Tour in the last 12 months, Mike Weir, Ernie Els, and your time is supposed to be over. And not only is it supposed to be over, if you were to one-off it, like this was a one-off, but he is leading the Charles Schwab Cup. So in a way, he is not just winning, Adam. He is dominant at age 64. He's certainly dominant at age 64. And, you know, that broomstick putting style seems to work for him year after year after year. And, Mark, you mentioned Augusta National. If it's firm and if, if it's fast in April, I don't see why Bernard Langer can't make the cut. And who knows, maybe get in the mix as well. 
Yeah, it'd be unbelievable to see. Now, speaking of unbelievable, uh, I saw Bob was tweeting about this on the weekend, uh, and I know, uh, Adam, you were watching this. Albin Choi advances in Corn Ferry Tour Q School. And when you consider the path, guys, that Albin has been on the last couple of years, on the bag for Sun JM's victory at the Honda Classic, like, were we at a point where maybe he wasn't, maybe in his mind, my playing career is over, and here he is now, you know, on his way, kind of marching in the right direction to get back to uh, uh, the or get get to the PJ Tour. Pretty amazing, Adam. You know, it really is amazing, and and this is someone who you know his story is is well known. One of the great college players uh, we've seen uh, in quite some time. One of the top amateurs in the world of golf. Obviously, a personal tragedy. Uh, what he had to go, what he went through just after graduating high school. Uh, and then going broke, basically, trying to make it as a pro golfing and showing up on Sung JM's bag, helping him win that Honda Classic, getting through some injuries and thinking, I still have the fire and the desire to play this game at a professional level. And look what he's doing now. He's always had the talent. He's always had the work ethic. Now he's healthy. We, we've seen a new uh a crock of players come in, uh, you know, Taylor Pendrith, Adam Svensson this year for the PGA Tour. Who knows, maybe next year we'll be talking about Albin Choi on the PGA Tour. But Bob, in your all your years covering golf, who was the best caddy in terms of player off the top of your head that you can remember over the years? Was there a, was there a caddy that you kind of went or the story in the room in the media center with all the writers who was like, Hey, that's a guy that could probably or should have been playing this game for a living, and now he's looping because maybe he just grabs a great bag and can't say no to the dough. Well, there's a few guys who've gone from playing to caddying. Like I can think of Lance Tenbrook, who was a PGA Tour player for probably 10 years and then kind of lost his game and became a caddy. Uh, Damon Green, who caddied for many years for uh, Zach Johnson, yeah. uh, has been uh, sort of a, I wouldn't say a regular, but he's played on the Champions Tour a number of times. I mean, so many of these caddies now are good players, and, and many of them are golf professionals. So, um, you know, look at a guy like uh, Brandon Little, who's Ontario junior champion mm -hmm. at one point and was really kind of on the same stream as Mike Weir. Uh, so there's a number of those guys out there who are, who are pretty, pretty good uh, on the golf course, not just carrying the bags, but swinging them, or carrying the clubs, but swinging them too. Uh, in LPGA news, uh, some Canadians advancing uh, through Q School for the LPGA. Uh, Jacqueline Lee, Maddie uh, Sizerk, and Selena Constable of Thornhill. They're, they're on their way to the next stage. Uh, Jin Young Ko, did you see the victory this week? She's back to number one in the world. That was short eh, to turn around and go back. We'll have more news there. But this story caught my eyes, guy. It, it, it caught my eyes, gentlemen. Maybe it caught my eyes because it's a little close to home. Uh, for someone who uh, is a bit of a control freak, likes all their I's dotted and T's crossed, traveling during a pandemic was a real challenge for people like myself. And I read that article from uh, John McLaren, who, Long Sox, who's on the bag for Paul Casey, who's taken a step away from the game, from one of the, you know, one of the ATM machines, really, on the PGA Tour, Paul Casey on both sides of the pond. And Bob, he has cited that the stresses and anxieties of the last 18 months of working in the pandemic and traveling in the pandemic, wondering if he's going to test negative, wondering if he's going to get home to his wife and his kids, his kids stressed out, worried about his dad safe, his dad coming home. And then on the other side of that coin, when he gets back to England thinking, 
you know, am I going to test positive now going out? Am I going to let Paul down? Is Paul going to be looking for a caddy? All of it has just been too much to accumulate over 18 months. And he has decided, at least for the short term, the time being, that he is done caddying. He will caddy for Paul at the DP, uh, DP World Challenge uh, later this year, which is their, uh, race to, their Race to Dubai FedEx Cup, their version of the FedEx Cup on the European Tour. But um, listen, mental health is real. Uh, these problems are real. And I'm wondering for every, you know, for every uh, John who's willing to talk about this openly and, and do something about it, how many people are suffering behind the scenes just not speaking about this kind of stuff? Yeah, and you, you know, you can go look at Matthew Wolf. He took a little break, and I think there's a lot of players who uh, are probably doing things, and, and it's, it's not so much the, uh, the black mark now to come out and admit that you have mental health issues. I mean, uh, our organization, Bell, has done a great job at, at making that uh, and helping with that along, and, and a lot of people have been reaching out for help, and so you've got to think that it's just the nature of the of the population that's on the PGA Tour and, and the stresses that go with that. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to be playing uh, in a qualifying school like we were just talking about with your whole your whole job on the line standing over a six-foot putt or something like that. So, uh, so I'm sure it's, uh, it affects a lot of people, and John is just, uh, just one of the many who's uh, opened up about it now, and perhaps by doing that, he'll give a little, uh, give a little doorway to, uh, to some other people to walk through. Yeah, we'll, we will wait and see, and, and good luck to him. And hope, hopefully he finds his way back to Paul Casey's bag in the near future as things are getting easier to move around. It's kind of funny, like the, the hard part, theoretically, the, the hardest hurdle is behind him. But sometimes you can't see that. You just you can't absorb that. You can't see that things loosening up a little bit and becoming a little easier for everybody to move around again. Okay, speaking of moving around again, on the other side, the Zozo, back on Japanese soil, wasn't there last year, was back there this year. And Hideki Matsuyama, who narrowly missed meddling in Japan this year at the... Uh, the Tokyo Olympics, gets a victory on Japanese soil on the PGA Tour, a commanding five-shot win at the Zozo Championship. We'll talk about it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Week Scully. What a cool victory. Uh, you know, it was the middle of the night, so I'm assuming on this side of the pond, audience numbers not going to be huge. And it turned into a bit of a parade. Hideki Matsuyama winning on Japanese soil. Finished second. I totally forgot that he finished second here back in 2019 to, to Tiger's victory at the Zozo. Of course, last year wasn't played in Japan. Uh, this year they were able to get it back on Japanese soil, which is great. And, and he gets it done in, in front of home crowd. And he was openly uh, suggesting that uh, he felt that he was willed to this victory. It's amazing. He wins by five shots uh, over Brandon Steele, 
but it's suggesting that you know he really needed the push by the hometown crowd. He shoots 65 on Sunday. It was a 68 on Saturday, 68 on Friday, 64 to open this tournament, and now vaults to third on the FedEx Cup. Bob, anytime a player like this with this kind of pressure on them gets it done, ask Mike Weir, ask David Hearn, ask Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin, yada, yada, yada. Ask Brooke Henderson, who was able to achieve it and get it done. When a player like Hideki Matsuyama, who is the biggest star in their country for a sport, carrying this kind of pressure, is able to get it done, it's a big deal. Yeah, that's John Rahm in Spain. He couldn't get it done last uh, couple weeks ago, whatever. A couple, um, but this this was a big finish. I mean, he was Hideki, even though he won by five, was not uh, out in front when he started the final final day. He was out in front, but I mean, he wasn't like leapfrogging out there. But Eagles two holes, Eagles six and Eagles eighteen. Uh, in the final round, that's that's putting some icing on a on a pretty good cake, and it is certainly a uh, a fitting win for him, as you said, doing it on home soil. He it was interesting how he described his play. He said, you know, it's probably only a three out of ten um, at one point, and said, but the fans willed me to be an eight out of ten. So, uh, big win. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Mr. Scully might have picked him in his in his edge picks this week. Did he not? I, Both I, I did and he... Mark did. We both, both have man. So we I'm both I'm way have. I'm way behind him. We're only like four <laughs> weeks into the season. <laughs> we both oh, both boy. Adam and I. It's Adam's second victory of this short season already. My first victory. We, we both had him. I had a good week because I also had Morikawa and Fleetwood who went mm-hmm. uh, fairly deep under par as well. It's a five shot win over Brandon Steele and Cameron Tringali. It is a tie fourth spot for Mackenzie Hughes, which is nice. Uh, 68, 69, 67 to open after uh, after an opening 70. So a nice little performance by Mackenzie Hughes. Hideki Matsuyama will now vault to three on the FedEx Cup points list. Adam, after their Masters victory less than a year ago, mm-hmm. after narrowly missing a medal on home soil, after what we saw this week, are our expectations starting to maybe... I don't want to say increase for Hideki because he's been such a great iron player over the years, and we know what he can do with his ball striking, but we know the putter has always been the question mark, the issue. But is are we coming into a stretch of golf now where the next 24 to 36 months, maybe our expectation for what Hideki can do on a, on a big stage is going up a bit? I think it certainly should be going up a bit. And, you know, you mentioned the Masters. You mentioned winning on home soil here under an immense amount of pressure. And a short game, that's where it's been his make or break. Putting, he was strokes gained. Uh, he was uh, 227th in strokes gained putting heading into this week, of course, a, a very short uh, sample size with the PGA Tour season being so early. But this week at the Zozo, he was second in scrambling in the field. So when Hideki Matsuyama's short game is on, he's generally going to be in the mix because, like you said, Mark, he's one of the great iron players, one of the great ball strikers on the PGA Tour. And looking ahead now, you know, Matsuyama has to be one of the favorites heading into the Masters to repeat and some of the other major championships as well. Of course, after winning the Masters in April, there were uh, some COVID um, issues with him uh, getting COVID, having missed the Open Championship uh, as well due to that. So uh, looking ahead here for Matsuyama, I think expectations should be pretty high heading into 2022. Your, Your top 10 on the FedEx Cup points list as of the Zozo Championship, Sam Burns uh, is number one. Uh, he had the victory. That was Adam's uh, first victory of the year in our TSN Edge picks, which we will put out on social media on Wednesday, Adam, for yes, the Bermuda Championship. Yep. 
Sam Burns in first, Sanjay M, uh, followed down by Hideki Matsuyama, Max Homa, Rory McIlroy in fifth. And we know Rory, you know, he's only played the one event and he's got the victory. And Bob, Rory's been very open over the years, uh, especially in the last year or so, saying, I, I, I can't stand showing up in February and being like 120th on the points list. Well, that ain't going to happen with this victory. Morikawa in there at six, uh, Cameron Tringali seventh. Uh, Maverick McNeely eight, Matthew Wolf ten, uh, sorry Matthew Wolf nine, Brandon Steele ten. We go to the flip side of that coin, and now we still have a few events left. We're going to be in Bermuda. We've got the RSM. Uh, what events am I forgetting off of the Sanderson Farms? What's that, Bob? Uh, Mexico, right? Mexico. So we have some some events here to get get going. But there are big names right now that haven't got anything going. Scotty Shuffler outside the 128. Nick Taylor at 131. Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, 136. Uh, so big names still. The question I'm going to have is, like we saw this week, Bob, are these guys going to play? Like, <laughs> I don't see these guys playing in these fields. Like, is there any tournament left on the docket where you think a Dustin Johnson might show up? Mm. You know, some of those guys love Sea Island, so that's about the only one that I can think of. And unless they're getting a little uh, handout to show up at somewhere else, like Mayakoba or something like that, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe that maybe something like that happens. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. These guys are going to be starting from, from back, and that's the big thing now with these fall events, and so many of these players are talking about it. And, and to give you a point, like a guy like Mackenzie Hughes, um, you know, he's got a, a whole bunch of things he wants to accomplish this season, one including making the President's Cup team. He's now he's 12th on the, uh, on the points list. That's without the points that he got for playing for the fourth in Japan. He's now climbed into the top world rankings, which if he can end the year there would get him into some major championships. So, you know, this fall season is not kind of the, uh, the silly season like we used to know it. Right. There are, to your point, there are points to up for grabs and moves to be made. And, of course, a lot of these guys now, like you said, they're not going to show. Some of them will show Century Tournament of Champions for the Winners Only event that used to kick off the season, which will kick off the calendar year at Kapalua. Uh, and most of them don't stay for Sony, which I always find so bizarre that you go all the way there for a Winners Only event and then don't stay for the Sony, and that Sony field gets watered down. So a lot of these guys will be in – a lot of these big names – will be in Rory McIlroy land, Adam, when we get to February and start the West Coast swing. Yeah, so uh, just looking now, uh, for Mayakoba, there actually is a pretty strong field of seven of the top 20 heading to that field, uh, including Justin Thomas, as of now. Really? Yes. Okay. So that's a sign. That'll probably be the, the last sort of bigger event. Opportunity of... for somebody to get something. Exactly. And then, of course, if they you know, stay. If they field. stay. And then, of course, yeah. And then, the, like, the silly season, you know, the Hero World Challenge. Will Tiger play in that? Probably not. I'm sure we'll get that a little later in the show. But, um, you know, that's in terms of world ranking points, the Mayakoba is going to be uh, the strongest event here uh, before the end of 2021. All right. Well, we are entering winter golf season. We made an announcement last week that Golf Talk Canada is going to be on location November the 15th at the Swing Golf Lounge in Etobicoke. Uh, that is in support of the uh, Daily Bread Food Bank and to kick off the indoor golf season with our friends at the Swing Golf Lounge. TaylorMade is going to be there. Golfway Tour is going to be there. Uh, so make sure you come out and see us uh, 10 to 10 a.m. to 12 noon at the Swing Golf Lounge on uh, Monday, November the 15th. We will have more uh, of that coming up. But for those of you who are now thinking about the indoor golf season, you want to get better, you want accurate information, 
Or maybe you want thinking about a simulator. Well, the technology just got better and the costs just dropped because our friends at Foresight Canada, foresightsports.ca, they just released the GC3. Uh, you get almost everything you get in the GC Quad without the price tag. I spoke with Mitch Grassing from Foresight Canada earlier this week. On the other side, we'll break it down. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Are you thinking about getting better this winter? Are you thinking about maybe a simulator at home or some type of indoor hitting space? Our friends at Foresight Sports foresightsports.ca have just launched the new GC3 launch monitor. Now, I'm a GC Quad guy. We're all tailor-made guys, and when we get up to uh, our tailor-made HQ here in Toronto, they use nothing but Foresight technology, uh, the Hawk systems, the same systems we have at the Toronto Hunt Club where we just installed uh, about a year ago four brand new uh, hitting bays with, uh, with Foresight uh, Hawk uh, simulators. Uh, for me personally, it's the only technology that I've ever had any kind of success with. And what I mean by that is it's the only technology that I've ever hit inside where I go, yeah, these numbers are almost spot on. I know my numbers. I know what I hit my driver. I know what I hit my wedge. And quite often you do get into indoor hitting environments and you know immediately that this stuff is just not the case. You are not getting the information. I don't hit a seven iron 223, right? So uh, the Foresight technology is the one that I trust. Uh, and Mitch Grassing, who's from Foresight Sports Canada, he's actually a long drive champion. He's competed in the world long drive many times. Uh, he's trusted Foresight throughout his career and now works for Foresight Sports Canada. I had a chance to speak with Mitch about the launch of the new GC3. Mitch, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with me. Before we get to the new product, the GC3, um, I've kind of always been a, a, a big fan of Foresight technology. It's the only technology I trust. I use my GC Quad a ton. And I'm a member at the Toronto Hunt Club, which has uh, four uh, top-of-the-line Hawk systems. Um, and I, I think they're the best simulators in the city. I really do. So I trust uh, Foresight, and I really won't trust anything else, even for my fittings. Uh, obviously, uh, Team TaylorMade, who I'm a proud member of, it's all Foresight technology when we go for fittings. Why do you, from your perspective, as a long drive champion, as, as a, a guy who's competed in world long drive championship, why do you trust Foresight? Like, what is it with you and that technology that gives you the confidence to, I, to make changes, get fitted for equipment, et cetera? Yeah, so Foresight's been around for years now. Um, came out with the GC2 to start, and they're backed by a great group of engineers who've been in the golf industry forever. Um, from my professional standpoint as a long driver, the main things that come down to it are accuracy and consistency in the data. Um, so main, main features with me is ball speed, you know, spin rates, uh, launch angles, and consistent and accurate club data, where units that Foresight create, like our new GC3 right here, 
um, accurately measure these things that impact. So there's no guessing involved. It's using engineered technology to consistently measure the data. And I've used countless monitors over the years of my career. And again, it's just coming down to cons consistency of the data. And it's come down to the fact that it's the only one that I can trust to use myself. And it's part of the reason why I partner with this company. Uh, before we get to the GC3, you, you mentioned a word there that, that to me has always been the big difference for me. You said guessing. And I know that this is great technology, whether you're going to be using it indoors or outdoors. And for me, the fact that it's not guessing, it's collecting data at the moment of impact and what's happening in that box, so to speak, as opposed to taking guesses downrange. And for me, that's always been the difference, especially using it indoors in this country, because we're about to enter an indoor season if you're a golfer in Canada. For me, that's the big difference. Uh, can you explain that a bit? Yeah, so indoors, um, I always found that camera-based systems are the way to go. Uh, measuring that impact, like you said, is the only way to get consistent and pinpoint data in, indoors. Foresight uses thousands of frames per second at impact to actually watch the ball and calculate uh, what it is doing. So that's one of, through processes of countless engineering through from the US side of things down there, they've developed a formula that takes that data and portrays the correct ball flight on screen. And from myself, I found that that is spot on accurate to what you're gonna see outside. So whether you're using the system inside or outside, it's always going to give you the same measurements at impact, which is why I like to say it's consistent data. It doesn't take weather into effect, so it's always going to give you consistent data. So you're going to know where to make the changes in your swing, whether something's off at impact or at the top of your swing, because everything in, in the swing is a motion. It starts at the ball, works up at the top, and then is delivered at the, at the ball at impact. So everything's kind of a counteraction of everything else. And if you can understand the data, and like I said, again, a thousand times consistency, you're going to be able to improve your game and find out where your weak points are and using those numbers to improve over the game. Like you said, we're stuck in Canada six months of the year. We're hitting balls in, indoors into a net. And uh, what I found from myself um, when I was younger is you can actually work in a lot of bad habits if you don't have accurate data. If you're only hitting balls into a net and you don't have that data with you or you can't see the ball flight on the screen, you could actually be working on something that's counteracting your game and going to make you uh, almost the worst golfer when you come out in the spring, even though we've been hitting balls uh, indoors all winter. So having that data there available to you um, with a foresight unit is going to help you correct any swing flaws and make sure you're set on the right path to come out in the spring actually and play better golf than you were even the year before. Okay, so the new product is the GC3. Again, I, I have a GC quad. That, that's what I've been using. Love it. There it is. There's the new unit. If you're watching this video on social media, if you're listening to this on Golf Talk Canada radio, you can't see it. So you've got to go to Golf Talk Canada's Twitter or Instagram, take a look. And of course, uh, foresightsports.ca, foresightsports.ca is a place for uh, to take the deep dive and find out how you can get a GC3. But tell us about the new product. What's new? What's improved? Who is this for? So what I like to say is the GC3 is kind of a blend between Foresight's original product, the GC2, and Foresight's flagship product, the GC Quad, which is obviously the most popular unit on the PGA Tour right now. Um, the Quad has been known for its incredible accuracy, the fact that it measures all the launch data of the golf ball and the club data as well, um, which is the main reason why it's trusted by all the PGA Tour professionals. Um, but for a large portion of the golfing population, I found, uh, it's just a little out of their budget uh, to buy for a personal launch monitor. It's a 
very high tech piece of equipment. So along with that comes a hefty price tag. Uh, so Force A1 to develop a unit that is just as accurate as the GC quad while providing almost all the same data points, but at a more affordable uh, price to the average golfer. So I personally believe that if you're an avid golfer and you're looking to improve over the course of the winter and even take this to the range with you in the summer, it's going to be a tool that's going to for sure help your game out. If you have a coach that can work with you and understand the numbers and help explain that to you, it's going to be a big game changer to your game. And I would definitely recommend getting one of these systems. So we're talking ball speed, launch angle, spin rates, smash factor. Uh, yeah, so what, what am I missing here, Mitch? So all, all the ball data impact that you would get with a GC quad. So mm -hmm. launch angle, launch direction, spin rates, ball speed, uh, carry distance. And then the GC3 is actually also going to pick up the, the main club data points that people are looking at, which is club speed. Uh, club path and attack angle, and also smash factor, which is just a calculation between ball speed and club speed. So those three data points, even for me, are the three ones I look at. The quad's going to pick up a few more um, club data points that for most people, um, it's not something they're going to necessarily need. But if you are a golf freak and really want to know the numbers, there's some extra data points with the quad that you're going to get. And it also has the ability to integrate uh, a focused putting system with the quad. But for, like I said, for the uh, average golfer, this is going to be the system that I think is going to be more in their budget and provide them with all the necessary data to help improve their game. All right. So for 99.9% .9 of the golf population, it's giving you everything you need to not only practice with focus and get better, but get fitted for a club or try new clubs. If you're out diddling in the range or in the backyard or whatever, and you're trying to go, Hey, what, what driver am I getting better numbers off of, et cetera, this is going to do it. But there's also a fun factor with my GC quad. Once in a while, my son and I will get in the backyard. We'll play a couple of holes. We'll, we'll do things like that. Is the GC uh, is the is the GC3 still capable of of going out and just having fun and, and playing some simulation golf? If you were thinking of maybe even putting a screen in your home, yep. So you can look at the GC3 as being the same option to play golf. It comes with our FSX software, so you and also ten free courses now. So you can take this thing if you have a computer screen or even a projector screen. You can hit balls into a net. Or if you have, like I said, a simulation simulator set up in your garage, you can hit balls and play golf throughout the winter like you would with a quad or one of our Hawk systems. The same software, just a different unit. Awesome. Uh, I love the product. I highly recommend it. If you're serious about getting better and you want to know real numbers, reliable stuff, not, not guesswork, not stuff that's going to send you down the wrong path. Um, there's no better product than the Foresight technology. And I can't wait to see this. Go to foresightsports.ca. Foresightsports.ca is your place to take a deeper dive into GC3. Uh, Mitch, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, no problem, Mark. Talk to you soon. Great stuff from our friends at Foresight and making it just easier to get great technology so you can extend your golf season in this country. And uh, great stuff about this, too, is it's mobile. You can take it out on the range in the summer, too. So it's just not for winter play. You see all the best players in the world with their towers and whatnot at ranges, et cetera, whether you're working on drivers, wedges, performance, fitting, et cetera. On the other side, we'll get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada. And we'll bring in Scully's here too, uh, Skull, about our Twitter poll question. I know we're going to talk about our results last week uh, coming up in hour two and also this week's poll question, but uh, we'll let our audience know what the poll question is for this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. 
Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Weeks Scully. Uh, coming up in hour two, we are going to do our Twitter poll question from last week where we were discussing the rules of golf. And if you were to change a rule in the game of golf, what would it be? We'll get to those results. But our new Twitter poll question, go to at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter, at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter. If you want to vote or send us a comment, uh, we want to know who you think uh, will be the number one player in the world at the end of next season. When we hand out the FedEx Cup next year, who will be number one in the world? Your options are John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, or other. And after Rory McIlroy's big victory just about a week ago, maybe that other vote might be uh, might have been Rory. And we'll get Bob's opinion and Adam's opinion on this, and we'll break it down for you in hour two. But if you want to jump in, send us a comment. It's at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter. Monday, November the 15th, we're on location, Swing Golf Lounge in support of the Daily Food Bank. That's the Swing Golf Lounge in Etobicoke. Bob and myself and Adam live on location. Bob and I will be doing live play-by-play as we are asking you to come out and try to outdrive Adam Scully in the hitting bay at the Swing Golf Lounge. Our friends from TaylorMade are there. they got some great giveaways, including some MG3 wedges. Our friends from Golfway Tours are there. Um, if you uh, come out and bring three uh, non-perishable food items, you get an automatic $5 off uh, your first hour in any bay at Swing Golf Lounge. They're also selling some very cool hats uh, for 30 bucks. Swing Golf Lounge hats, they look great, but more importantly, if you buy a hat, you're feeding a family, they're providing uh, nutritious meals for people experiencing food insecurity across the GTA. So make sure you come out and see us Monday, November the 15th, Swing Golf Lounge in Etobicoke. All right, Skulls, what's coming up on GTC TV this week? And Bob and I are so much more excited about the TaylorMade product special now that we think there's a possibility that Weeksino gets to take you guys down. And uh, was it going to be Aviera? You and Nick never answered the question, by the way. Yeah, you know what? As they say, only time will tell whether it's Aviar, whether it's Torrey Pines, whether it's any other course in the California area. But looking forward to trying to take you down. I lipped out a 40-foot putt at Weston in the last installment of the match from about 40 feet to that would have squared the match. Of course, Marky made a six-foot sidewinder for par to clinch the dub. You hate to see that. Anyways. Back to GTC Television. Wednesday, 1 o'clock, our tailor-made product special uh, where we'll speak with Tomo Bystad, Bill Price, Matt Bovee, Mike Fox, all of the great engineers from TaylorMade about their 2021 product line. We'll also take a look back at some of Team TaylorMade's season this year, most notably Colin Morikawa picking up that second career major championship. So that airs Wednesday at 1, also airs Thursday at 2 o'clock on TSN2 and Friday at noon on TSN4. All right, uh, you guys won't won't be able to relate to this, but for any wrestling fans in our audience, (laughs) from the late 90s, Bill Goldberg, every Monday night he'd come out on Monday Nitro, and they had the streak, he was undefeated. 
And one week he'd come out and he'd be like 50 and 0. And seven days would go by and the next Monday night he was like 100 and 0. So all of a, all of a sudden in wrestling land, you were supposed to believe that he won 50 matches in that seven day stretch. <laughs> so my point is, is that week Zeno, I believe, is 61 and 1 right now mm. against Team <laughs> Recoil. It is 61 and 1. And Bob, that one loss came in the dark, in the cold at Aviera in California. So my question to you, Bob, is do you think Nick and Adam will drag us back to Aviera, the lone site, the li- the site of their lone victory? Is that where this is you think is going to, to go down? There's not a lot of places they can drag us well, where they will feel comfortable. Remember last year at Goat Hill, what did you make? Eight birdies, nine birdies, ten birdies, something like yeah, that. Nine birdies in 18 holes. <laughs> and that wasn't even really a match. So, uh, like, you know, if, it doesn't matter where they take us because uh, that's it. So we'll see. We'll see. But I imagine Aviera is, if, you know, they're, they're pulling at straws right now. And so I think, you know, it's, that's probably the only thing they can do. And, and like I said, we're now 71 and 1. See, it went up. Yeah, it went up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. In hour two, uh, Ralph Bauer coming by. Uh, Ralph, obviously a friend of the show, is one of the, one of the best instructors in the country. Uh, giving us an update on the Tour Read uh, putting app, which has gained some traction recently on the PGA Tour and now available for you and our listening audience as well. If you uh, want a device that is really going to make you a better green reader, because this thing is so accurate that when you're practicing with it, what I found is it kind of brings to light your tendencies on what you tend to do on left to right putts. Oh, I underread on on right. So it's a learning device. And we're going to get the scoop from Ralph himself on the other side. We're going to do winners, weird, and what. We'll get to our poll question. Now, speaking of our poll question, I don't want you to answer who you think is going to be number one in the world uh, based on the options available, what we ask. But I'm curious to you guys here, before we wrap up our one, before we go to break, who's good in your mind? Is there somebody right now kind of on the outside looking in, in that top 10, who's going to make the biggest move? Who's going to threaten? Getting to number one is something different, but is there a guy in your mind right now? And if you want to sit on this, we can, and we can bring this up in the segment if you need some time to chew on this. But and maybe that's the best thing to do. Maybe maybe we'll chew on that and we'll we'll take it up an hour or two. But part two of this for me would be who who is that person ready to go the next level? I, I want to say the Colin Morikawa, but that's kind of unfair because he went from uh, joining the tour to superstar overnight very quickly. But who who is that player? You know, my gut says right off the top of my head, I'm describing Sam Burns. I'm describing a player that obviously is now comfortable winning on the PGA Tour, obviously comfortable contending, you know, more weeks often than not, and now ready to maybe make the next step, which is an elite, play well at a major, win a major, win a WGC event. So player like that, it might be Sam Burns, but I need I need you guys to get the motor running because we're going to break down who you think is going to be number one in the world at the end of next season. Your choices at Golf Talk Canada are Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, other, and I'm curious, who's the guy you think that makes the move? Right now, if I'm looking at the FedEx Cup point standings right now, Sam Burns is obviously number one, Sun J M number two, 
Those are two names right now already making moves. It could be the, the guys in that conversation. But there are others. There are others, some of which might be Canadian names, guys, considering how well they played last year and how much they pushed the envelope in big events. And the tool chest gets full. The tool chest gets bigger and more impressive when you contend in majors on Sunday, when you play in final groups, when you have the lead after a round. And we had guys do that last year, and maybe they should be in that conversation. We'll do it all on the other side. But coming up first is going to be Ralph Bauer, one of the uh, country's finest coaches with the new app that can make you a better putter, the Tour Read putting app, now available for you. We'll jump into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino, Weeks, Scully, whether you're listening to us on TSN 1050, TSN mobile app, .ca, iHeartRadio app, uh, welcome to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. Still tons to get to in Hour 2, including Winners Weird and What, our Twitter poll question. But uh, let's welcome in now a friend of the show. He's Director of Instruction at Hamilton Golf and Country Club, one of the best instructors on the planet, teaching some of the best players on the planet. You can follow him on Instagram at Ralph Bauer Golf and at Canadian Golf Coach on Twitter. Welcoming in now Ralph Bauer. Ralph, thanks for taking the time to do it with Bob and I today. Uh, excited to talk to you about the app. The app is Tour Read. It is a great putting app. I, I just started fooling around with it. I know Bob has had the opportunity to use it. Uh, first of all, good morning. How are you? And before we jump into the update on what's happening with this app, because I know you got it in tour players' hands, etc. For for our listening audience who is unfamiliar, who maybe missed your visit to the show the last time, or doesn't follow you on follow you on social media, give us the nuts and bolts about what the app is and what it does. Well, gentlemen, thanks for having me on. Uh, so this we, we launched a, an app called Tour Read. You know called tour read um, it's a green reading device basically I, what happened was i was giving a, a golf lesson to an engineer on putting you know we had a level out you know he's an engineer so i was getting pretty you know techie with him and he's like man we should turn this into an app i'm like yeah but we need a software developer we need a physics guy we need a coder he's like yeah that's what i do i'm like okay perfect let's do it right so uh so basically what happens is you put the phone on the ground uh, you know, it's incredible what phones do now. So there's an internal clinometer, which is like a 360-degree uh, level in your phone. So we basically just coded that out, did all the physics on it, and came up with by far the most accurate green reading device in the world. It's one of a kind. Um, it's super accurate, and it's just a great way to learn how to read green. So, um, you know, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a lot of fun helping people 
learn how to read greens better and, and to putt better with this. You know, it's funny. We, we designed this for, you know, the average player and for, you know, beginners and average player. But we've got 40 tour players using it. Um, and I don't know if it's kind of like I was thinking on, the, you know, this morning, it's kind of like, you know, the hybrids were developed for, you know, for average players and, you know, tour players use them as well. So this has just been a great way for every person that's used it really to, to help them read greens better. Okay, so I, I got this thing. I, I've been using it, and I know how it works. And, I mean, there's so many things that I've done with this that sort of dispel all the things that have been junking up in my head. For instance, there's a green at Weston that I've played for 49 years that I still can't figure out the brakes on it, and now I finally have thanks to this. But but just walk someone through physically what you do to read a putt. If, it, if I have a six-foot putt on the 10th green at XYZ Golf Club, what do I do to read it? So if you've got a six-footer, you, you place the phone down perpendicular to the line between the ball and the hole, uh, two-thirds of the way between the ball and the hole. You give a quick tap you know, on the, the middle of the app, and it tells you what the slope of the ground is, you know, the left to right, right to left, the up and down, and then it tells you how many inches right or left of the edge of the cup to, to aim the putt. So it, it's super simple. It takes very little time, and you know, it gives you a deadly accurate read. Um, you know, every, every time there's some cool training modes you can have in it when you're practicing where you, it'll make you, it'll put, you can put the phone down. It'll make you guess first and then you can, you know, guess and then it'll reveal you the answer to you. So you can see how, how close you're getting to, to your actual, you know, how, how much better your reads are getting. But uh, yeah, that's how you, how you do it. It's, it's a great training device. It's great. Like you said, Bob, figure out those, those weird holes that, you know, kind of always get to us. It seems like we all fall in the same mistakes over and over again and helps us get out of those and really helps us determine what our, our green reading tendencies are and allows us to very quickly overcome them. Uh, Ralph, you, you kind of just led me down, down a path there. I was just curious, you know, obviously you're getting traction now with some of the best players in the world. You said, but you know, 40 tour pros are using it. Bob's talking about a specific green that's kind of always giving them headaches from a tour perspective, are you find finding that the guys are gravitating to this because maybe is it, is it helping them learn putting surfaces faster in in a practice round uh, usage? Is is that why it's it's gathered so much pace, or is it just letting them learn more of their tendencies on what they tend to do on left to rights, uphills, downhills, etc.? Yeah, you you know all, all those things. It's been interesting to have it in different players' hands and see what what they're using it for. You know, tour players do play different greens every week, right? And this is helping them adapt quicker to each week's, uh, you know, greens, as well as, you know, green speeds change during the course of the week, and, you know, you have to adapt your reads to, to that. So there's been a lot of – I've gotten a lot of feedback, and I've had some feedback from players and coaches – about their, how they're using the app that I hadn't even thought of, but uh, which which is great, and um, yeah, it's just been an unbelievable tool. And you know, I'm shocked at the uptick on on tour. Like I said, you know, I got 40 guys using it. Mac Hughes is one of the first guys to get a beta version about the same time I gave one to Bob. You know, this summer, so he got to use it. Him and Chase Walker's caddy used it all summer. So that was cool. They had to use it in the Olympics and the British Open, and and you know, they they were kind of one of our first tour players jump in there and, and use it every week 
Uh, and I should point out that Mac Hughes has had more success or at least one more money with it than I have. Uh, but it's still early. It's still early. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, so this, this, the best part of this, is I find it, first of all, it's very simplistic. You don't have to have a bunch of stuff carried with you. You just your phone and, and, and then uh, you can just download it from, from the app store. Like it's, uh, to me, it kind of boggles my mind that all this technology can just sit into your phone and you can go out. But obviously you can't use this during a round. Players are using this before, during, for practice, all sorts of different uses for it other than actually in a round, correct? Correct. Well, once you get the hang of it, though, we have charts in the app that are, that are you're allowed to use during tournaments. Right or or okay. round. So so basically, what they do is like you have to once you use the app for a while, you get pretty good at knowing what the slope of the ground is, right? And then you just look it up on the on the chart, and it'll tell you how much how much the putt breaks. So um, that that's been an interesting uh, use on tour as well. Uh, we've got about um, you know ten fifteen players using our charts on tour as well. So they'll use the app to to get better at it, and then they'll use the charts because they're allowed to use those during, during the actual event. All right, Ralph. So it's available now for our, our listening audience. If someone's interested in getting it, uh, where do they go to the app store? They download the app. And is there a, mem- is there a membership fee involved? Uh, how do they join the program? How do they take advantage of this? Yeah, so it's a subscription service. So it's $100 U.S. a year for the service. You, you, you get the app. You get the charts. Uh, we have weekly drills that we'll be uploading. To the app, there's drills, there's practice plans, there's uh, you know all kinds of putting, actual putting tips outside of outside of green reading, and and it's kind of like a comprehensive library on everything you're going to need to know about putting. Well, Ralph, uh, in the spring, uh, Adam, Bob, and I we're going to make our way down uh, to Hamilton. We're going to come see you, and we're gonna we're gonna shoot some we're gonna shoot some stuff with this, and we're gonna get some learnings, and we're gonna document it. I think it'd be a fun segment for TV. I think our audience would love to see this and what we learn about our own tendencies with putting. And I, I think it, we capture some great stuff. So let's do that in the spring. Uh, and thanks so much for touching base with us. Uh, you have a great holiday. If we don't connect through the holiday season, we'll talk to you on the other side and good luck with it. And we'll pick it up in the spring. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Ralph Bauer, there he is, Director of Instruction, Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Again, at Ralph Bauer Golf on Instagram, at Canadian Golf Coach on Twitter. The app is Tour Read app, the Tour Read app. It's a putting system. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a better putter, you have the best stroke in the world. And if you can't read greens, that stroke ain't going to help you much. Here's a device that will help you. On the other side, we will break down our Twitter poll question from last week. Get to this week's question. I want to know from Bob and Adam, who will be number one in the world at the end of next season and who they think might make that big move to the next level. We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Week Scully. And let's break down where we were last week, Bob. Last week, we 
Asked a Twitter poll question. It was due to the new driver length rule that uh, was just put in place last week, which uh, is a local rule now that the PGA Tour will adopt moving from 48 inches to 68 inches. We wanted to know from our uh, Twitter audience, uh, what would you change in the game of golf? Uh, fairway divots are ground under repair. All courses marked it red, as red. Arm anchored putter or other. And in a landslide victory, fairway divots are GUR. 63% of the vote goes to that. Uh, anchored putter, 16%. All courses red, 14%. So they're very close in that second, third spot. And then other 7%. I'm so curious to know mm. what other would be. But uh, <laughs> divots is GUR wins in a landslide. Okay, this week, Adam. Mm-hmm. We asked the question, when we, at the end of next season, when we hand out the FedEx Cup in 2022, who will be number one in the world? John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, which, by the way, are one, two, and three as we speak, and other. Other could be DeChambeau, Shoffley, McElroy, whoever you think. Currently, Adam, what are what is our Twitter universe suggesting? Yeah, so currently John Rahm winning this in a landslide at 47.7% at this moment. Colin Morikawa in second, 27%. Dustin Johnson, 18%. And other is 6.8% at this moment. I know we have one, actually two Rory McIlroy votes as of right now uh, for the other category. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought that maybe that other category would certainly be a Rory vote. Okay, Bob, um, we're going to leave that Twitter poll question up. We'll get to the final results and see what happens throughout the week and see if it, if it starts to move around a bit. We'll get to it on next week's Golf Talk Canada. But for you, Bob, right now, if you were to try to forecast where you think this is going to be uh, at the end of the FedEx Cup season next year, who's number one in the world for you? Uh, I think it's probably going to be Colin Morikawa. I like, I mean, he jumped to number two this week, right? He's up there now, and uh, I just think that his game is... It's pretty consistent. It's hard to it's hard to vote against John Rahm, obviously, but the guy that I the guy that I see leaping up, maybe maybe sort of if there was an outsider to jump into that role. How about Tony Finau? I mean, the guy plays so consistently well without winning very much that I think if he ever turned a couple of those things around into wins, especially at major championships, he he could get there. He could create some some uh, some movement in that uh, in that standing. Well, and, you know, and maybe he turns that playoff win in New York into something, to your point, Bob. Like, maybe he got over the hurdle, got that second victory that they've been asking him for five years. When are you going to win again? When are you going to win again? Well, he won again, and he won a big one. It was a top 125 on a big stage in New York. So maybe, to your point, Bob, that works. I'm also with you on the Colin Morikawa trail. Uh, I said it last uh, two weeks ago in our, in our edge picks when he almost backdoored it at Summit Club with the 62 on Sunday. That week I picked him and I said, I truly believe at the end of next year's FedEx Cup season that Colin Morikawa is going to be the number one player in the world. And that is not a, a hit or trying to bet against John Rahm or thinking that John Rahm can't do it. I just like what Morikawa's game is built on. I just think that great iron players just translate well more often. Now, John Rahm is one of the game's best iron players as well. Don't kid yourself. And if you combine strokes gained off the tee with strokes gained approach, John Rahm is by far the best player in the world. Uh, but Colin Morikawa, if we're just taking strokes gained approach, we're just talking about iron play that translates to different kind of golf courses, different types of grass. 
different uh, major championships, etc. I think Morikawa is the best iron player in the world. Tiger Woods is the greatest iron player maybe of all time, certainly of this of, of this generation that has just passed. And we saw what he did in the official world golf rankings as the world's best iron player. I'll go with Colin Morikawa. Adam, who are you going with? You know, hard to not go with Colin Morikawa as well, especially given the switch he made with the grip on his putter, how he's now doing the saw or the claw, and that really helped him, you know, winning the Open Championship, playing well at the Ryder Cup. I still don't mind Dustin Johnson here, and yes, it was a really weird 2021 for him after that pretty much dominant run, you know, last year's FedEx Cup, winning the Masters in November in historic fashion, winning the Saudi International as the calendar switched to 2021, then sort of had a weird rest of the year, started playing really well down the stretch, and of course, the 5-0 at the Ryder Cup. I think Dustin Johnson can get back up there, relying on that cut off the tee, which he almost had a bit of a two-way miss for a lot of the summer. Yeah. I think DJ can get back to world number one. All right, but we have three Morikawas leading the way, though, as the favorite, which means only one thing. It can't happen if all three of us agree on <laughs> yep. one thing. You know, I'm going to say something that is, is, is going to – you're going to scratch your head a little bit here on this one. Right now, if I had to pick who's going to win the Masters, I'd pick Colin Morikawa. He'd be my pick. In fact, last year, if he could have made any putts at all, look at his ball striking numbers and look what he was doing at Augusta. I mean, he, he, he almost – he should have won that golf tournament. He didn't. Okay. I wanted to put out a Twitter question poll this week or in the next couple of weeks of who has the best chance to complete the career grand slam next year, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, or Phil Mickelson, and see what our Twitter audience would say about that, who they think has the most chance of getting it done. And part of my brain says we'll be asking that question with a fourth player in June when we get to the U.S. Open because I think Morikawa has a great shot at winning a green jacket. And if he wins a green jacket next year, that means by the time we get to LA Country Club in June, you can put Morikawa's name on that list and somebody else will have an opportunity to complete a career grand slam in 2022. That might be something to really keep our eyes open on if Morikawa can get it done at Augusta. Okay, I left you guys with a, a thought. Bob, you said Tony Finau gonna make a push. Maybe he's the guy. You know, Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, you know, I've been high on his bandwagon. Let's play some over par, under par here, though, guys. I'm going to give you a name. Under par means he moves up the official world golf ranking. He has a better 22 than 21. Over par means he goes in the other direction, okay? I'm going to start with some names. I'm going to pick some tough ones here. World number seven, Justin Thomas. New man on the bag. Signs, signs of brilliance at times, not accumulating the wins he used to. Adam, Justin Thomas, under par, over par. I think under par for Justin Thomas. We've spoken at length about what Justin Thomas, what his year has been, more specifically off the golf course. Some remarks made earlier in 2021, of course, the passing of his grandfather as well, winning the Players' Championship, and then sort of MIA the rest of the season. But I think... You know, a fresh calendar year, a new man caddying for him in Bones Mackay. I think Justin Thomas could get back in that conversation as someone who could pick up that second career major championship next year. I'm going under par for Justin Thomas. Bob, Justin Thomas, big victory with the players, but that was it. Is he under par? Is he moving up the official world golf ranking or is he over par heading the other way? I 
I think he's going to go under par, and I think sort of what Adam said. You know, I think last year was kind of his uh, his I, I, was it was a year where he sort of checked had to check out mentally in a lot of cases. We talked earlier in the show about you know mental uh, mental fatigue uh, and and mental stress and mental health, and I think it was probably under kind of reported underplayed a little bit with Justin, but I think all those things he went through with the microphones picking up some words he said and. Uh, that kind of stuff. I I just think that um, that now that he's had a chance to reset, fresh caddy, uh, we can look at good things. He's got all the tools. He just has to put them together on the same week. Uh, if if even par was an option, I'd take it right now. Uh, but yeah. you can't because you got to be under or over. So I'm going to take over par for Justin Thomas, but not by much. I think he's going to be very similar. It's going to be a similar type of year, and I think he's going to be hovering uh, where he is. Okay, here's a tough one, guys. Lou Eustazen is world number nine. Played great in huge events, but never got the win. Lou Eustazen, under par, over par. I'm going to go over par. I will start us here because I think the scar tissue is finally going to land for Lou Eustazen. He came close so many times in the last couple of years. Couldn't get it done. I think Louis probably falls down closer to outside the top 15 in the world at the end of 2022, over par for me, Adam Louis-Eustazen. Yeah, same with me, over par. I mean, arguably, this guy could have won three major championships in the PGA Tour Super Season, really right there in the mix. Obviously, on Sunday, faltered down the stretch. At times, he was beaten as well. I, I'm going to go over par uh, for Louis-Eustazen. We know how, how great of a golf swing he has. Sometimes it seems, you know, it's been reported the desire to practice, to compete, isn't there at all times for Eustazen. But uh, I'm going to go over par looking at the 2022. Bob, Usti, over, under. It's a tough one because he played great. He played great often, but he doesn't, doesn't win. How's that affect him? I'm going, I'm going under par because I think there's still a desire there to get over the, over the hump. I think there's a, a knowledge that his game is good enough, that his, he has all the tools, he can putt like a demon. Um, and I think he just wants to to try and get himself a win. He's the, I, the last time I checked, I haven't checked it recently, but maybe a month ago, he was the only guy in the top 20 in the world ranking who didn't win last year or in the calendar year. And so now I, I think that's almost a, a, that's almost fuel for him. I think that he wants to get out there. I think he wants to win. So I, I'm not sure, I, I, but I think probably under par. Okay, let's finish with a difficult one. Uh, and we'll stay with you, Bob. This is a tough one because Jordan Spieth, vaulted up the official world golf ranking last year. I mean, nobody went from, you know, lost in the wilderness to back in the spotlight on the PGA Tour like Jordan Spieth. He finally found a victory. He made it back to the Ryder Cup team. He is now 13th in the world. From 82 at the end of 2020, from 82 in the world to 13. But... Is this where the, the comeback stops, Bob? Has he shown you enough to say that Jordan Spieth can be top 10 in the world again, top 5 in the world again, win a major? Is he on your mind for Augusta, knowing his history at the golf tournament? Is Jordan Spieth's comeback halted as a top 15 in the world, or is he under par and he keeps going? I think he's going to be under par, but just barely, like one under. I think he's going to move up a little bit. I think he'll end the year at, at ten, inside the top 10. Um, I'm not sure if he'll win a major because he still, to me, hasn't proven that he's got his game has come that far back. It's obviously very close, but uh, 
but I think that uh, I think he's going to he's found some confidence and it's easy to ride that confidence week in and week out now. Adam, Spieth, where are we at? Yeah, I'm going under par as well. Watching his pre-shot routine, you can tell there are still some bizarre thoughts in his head with the way he's sort of coming over the top and sort of taking these karate chop practice swings, if you will. But this is a guy who, again, you know, the Masters in April, after that Saturday rain delay, his putter, he, his putter really struggled. And this is a guy who easily could have won the Masters back in April, triple bogey on Thursday on the ninth hole in round one. But this is, you know, this is a guy who's done things unorthodox in an unorthodox way before. Uh, I, I think he can keep rising and play well and maybe complete that career grand slam as well in 2022. I think his best shot is certainly Augusta, but I think he has a very similar to year to what he had last year. So I'm kind of with Bob and it's like the one under. I think he'll win. I don't think it'll be a major. I think he'll continue to look good. He'll be on a President's Cup team. He'll be relevant, but I don't think he's going to be like... You know, the guys, the guy who is on, you know, you're, you have to have him on your team at majors. I don't think he's that guy. So, all right. Don't forget. Let us know your thoughts. Jump in on the conversation. Hit us up on our poll question at Golf Talk Canada. Whether you want to let us know, just certainly vote on who you think is going to be number one. But uh, send us your thoughts. We'll talk about it next week on Golf Talk Canada. On the other side, it's three dub. Winners, weird and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Week Scully. And let's break down where we were last week, Bob. Last week we asked a Twitter poll question. It was due to the new driver length rule that uh, was just put in place last week, which uh, is a local rule now that the PGA Tour will adopt moving from 48 inches to 68 inches. We wanted to know... From our uh, Twitter audience, uh, what would you change in the game of golf? Uh, fairway divots are ground under repair. All courses marked it red, as red. Arm anchored putter or other. And in a landslide victory, fairway divots are GUR. 63% of the vote goes to that. Uh, anchored putter, 16%. All courses red, 14%. So they're very close in that second, third spot. And then other 7%. I'm so curious to know mm. what other would be. But uh, <laughs> Divots is GUR wins in a landslide. Okay, this week, Adam, mm -hmm. we asked the question, when we, at the end of next season, when we hand out the FedEx Cup in 2022, who will be number one in the world? John Rahm, Colin Morikawa. Dustin Johnson, which, by the way, are one, two, and three as we speak, and other. Other could be DeChambeau, Shoffley, McElroy, whoever you think. Currently, Adam, what are what is our Twitter universe suggesting? Yeah, so currently John Rahm winning this in a landslide at 47.7% at this moment. Colin Morikawa in second, 27%. Dustin Johnson, 18%. And other is 6.8% at this moment. I know we have one, actually two Rory McIlroy votes as of right now uh, for the other category. 
I, I kind of thought that maybe that other category would certainly be a Rory vote. Okay, Bob, um, we're going to leave that Twitter poll question up. We'll get to the final results and see what happens throughout the week and see if it, if it starts to move around a bit. We'll get to it on next week's Golf Talk Canada. But for you, Bob, right now, if you were to try to forecast where you think this is going to be uh, at the end of the FedEx Cup season next year, who's number one in the world for you? Uh, I think it's probably going to be Colin Morikawa. I like, I mean, he jumped to number two this week, right? He's up there now. And uh, I just think that his game is, it's pretty consistent. It's hard to, it's hard to vote against John Rahm, obviously, but the guy that I, the guy that I see leaping up, maybe, maybe sort of if there was an outsider to jump into that role. How about Tony Finau? I mean, the guy plays so consistently well without winning very much that I think if he ever turned a couple of those things around into wins, especially at major championships, he, he could get there. He could create some, some, uh, some movement in that, uh, in that standing. Well, and, you know, and maybe he turns that playoff win in New York into something, to your point, Bob. Like maybe he got over the hurdle, got that second victory that they've been asking him for five years. When are you going to win again? When are you going to win again? Well, he won again, and he won a big one. It was a top 125 on a big stage in New York. So maybe to your point, Bob, that works. I'm also with you on the Colin Morikawa trail. Uh, I said it last uh, two weeks ago in our, in our edge picks when he almost backdoored it at Summit Club with the 62 on Sunday. That week I picked him and I said, I truly believe at the end of next year's FedEx Cup season that Colin Morikawa is going to be the number one player in the world. And that is not a hit or trying to bet against John Rahm or thinking that John Rahm can't do it. I just like what Morikawa's game is built on. I just think that great iron players just translate well more often. Now, John Rahm is one of the game's best iron players as well. Don't kid yourself. And if you combine strokes gained off the tee with strokes gained approach, John Rahm is by far the best player in the world. Uh, but Colin Morikawa, if we're just taking strokes gain approach, we're just talking about iron play that translates to different kind of golf courses, different types of grass, different uh, major championships, etc. I think Morikawa is the best iron player in the world. Tiger Woods is the greatest iron player maybe of all time, certainly of this, of, of this generation that has just passed. And we saw what he did in the official world golf rankings as the world's best iron player. I'll go with Colin Morikawa. Adam, who are you going with? You know, hard to not go with Colin Morikawa as well, especially given the switch he made with the grip on his putter, how he's now doing the saw or the claw, and that really helped him, you know, winning the Open Championship, playing well at the Ryder Cup. I still don't mind Dustin Johnson here, and yes, it was a really weird 2021 for him after that pretty much dominant run, you know, last year's FedEx Cup, winning the Masters in November in historic fashion, winning the Saudi International as the calendar switched to 2021, then sort of had a weird rest of the year, started playing really well down the stretch, and of course, the 5-0 and at the Ryder Cup. I think Dustin Johnson can get back up there, relying on that cut off the tee, which he almost had a bit of a two-way miss for a lot of the summer. Yeah. I think DJ can get back to world number one. All right, but we have three Morikawas leading the way, though, as the favorite, which means only one thing. It can't happen if all three of us agree on <laughs> yep. one thing. You know, I'm going to say something that is, is, is going to, you're going to scratch your head a little bit here on this one. Right now, if I had to pick who's going to win the Masters, I'd pick Colin Morikawa. He'd be my pick. In fact, last year, if he could have made any putts at all, look at his ball striking numbers and look what he was doing at Augusta. I mean, he, he, he almost, he should have won that golf tournament. He didn't. Okay. 
I wanted to put out a Twitter question poll this week or in the next couple of weeks of who has the best chance to complete the career Grand Slam next year. Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, or Phil Mickelson, and see what our Twitter audience would say about that, who they think has the most chance of getting it done. And part of my brain says we'll be asking that question with a fourth player in June when we get to the U.S. Open because I think Morikawa has a great shot at winning a green jacket. And if he wins a green jacket next year, that means by the time we get to L.A. Country Club in June, you can put Morikawa's name on that list and somebody else will have an opportunity to complete a career Grand Slam in 2022. That might be something to really keep our eyes open on if Morikawa can get it done at Augusta. Okay, I left you guys with a, a thought. Bob, you said Tony Finau going to make a push. Maybe he's the guy. You know, Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, you know, I've been high on his bandwagon. Let's play some over par, under par here, though, guys. I'm going to give you a name. Under par means he moves up the official world golf ranking. He has a better 22 than 21. Over par means he goes in the other direction, okay? I'm going to start with some names. I'm going to pick some tough ones here. World number seven, Justin Thomas. New man on the bag. Signs, signs of brilliance at times, not accumulating the wins he used to. Adam, Justin Thomas, under par, over par. I think under par for Justin Thomas. We've spoken at length about what Justin Thomas, what his year has been, more specifically off the golf course. Some remarks made earlier in 2021, of course, the passing of his grandfather as well, winning the Players' Championship, and then sort of MIA the rest of the season. But I think... You know, a fresh calendar year, a new man caddying for him in Bones Mackay. I think Justin Thomas could get back in that conversation as someone who could pick up that second career major championship next year. I'm going under par for Justin Thomas. Bob, Justin Thomas, big victory with the players, but that was it. Is he under par? Is he moving up the official world golf ranking or is he over par heading the other way? I think he's going to go under par. And I think sort of what Adam said, you know, I think last year was kind of his uh, his, I, I, was it was a year where he sort of checked, had to check out mentally in a lot of cases. We talked earlier in the show about, you know, mental, uh, mental fatigue uh, and, and mental strength and mental health. And I think it was probably under kind of reported, underplayed a little bit with Justin, but I think all those things he went through with the microphones, picking up some words he said and, uh, that kind of stuff. I, I just think that, um, that now that he's had a chance to reset fresh caddy, uh, we can look at good things. He's got all the tools. He just has to put them together on the same week. Uh, if, if even par was an option, I'd take it right now. Uh, but yeah. you can't because you got to be under or over. So I'm going to take over par for Justin Thomas, but not by much. I think he's going to be very similar. It's going to be a similar type of year, and I think he's going to be hovering uh, where he is. Okay, here's a tough one, guys. Louis Oosthuizen is world number nine. Played great in huge events, but never got the win. Louis Oosthuizen, under par, over par. I'm going to go over par. I will start us here because I think the scar tissue is finally going to land for Louis Oosthuizen. He came close so many times in the last couple of years, couldn't get it done. I think Louis probably falls down closer to outside the top 15 in the world at the end of 2022. Over par for me, Adam Louis Oosthuizen. 
Yeah, same with me over par. I mean, arguably this guy could have won three major championships in the PGA Tour Super Season, really right there in the mix. Obviously on Sunday, faltered down the stretch. At times he was beaten as well. I, I'm going to go over par uh, for Louis Ustase. And we know how, how great of a golf swing he has. Sometimes it seems, you know, it's been reported the desire to practice, to compete isn't there at all times for Ustase. But uh, I'm going to go over par looking at the 2022. Bob. Usti over under. It's a tough one because he played great. He played great often, but he doesn't doesn't win. How's that affect him? I'm going I'm going under par because I think there's still a desire there to get over the, over the hump. I think there's uh, a knowledge that his game is good enough that his he has all the tools. He can putt like a demon, um, and I think he just wants to to try and get himself a win. He's you know, I, The last time I checked, I haven't checked it recently, but maybe a month ago, he was the only guy in the top 20 in the world ranking who didn't win last year or in the calendar year. And so now I, I think that's almost, a, a, that's almost fuel for him. I think that he wants to get out there. I think he wants to win. So I, I'm not sure, I, I, but I think probably under par. Okay, let's finish with a difficult one. Uh, and we'll stay with you, Bob. This is a tough one because Jordan Spieth, vaulted up the official world golf ranking last year. I mean, nobody went from, you know, lost in the wilderness to back in the spotlight on the PGA Tour like Jordan Spieth. He finally found a victory. He made it back to the Ryder Cup team. He is now 13th in the world from 82 at the end of 2020, from 82 in the world to 13. But... Is this where the, the comeback stops, Bob? Has he shown you enough to say that Jordan Spieth can be top 10 in the world again, top five in the world again, win a major? Is he on your mind for Augusta, knowing his history at the golf tournament? Is Jordan Spieth's comeback halted as a top 15 in the world, or is he under par and he keeps going? I think he's going to be under par, but just barely, like one under. I think he's going to move up a little bit. I think he'll end the year at, at ten, inside the top 10. Um, I'm not sure if he'll win a major because he still, to me, hasn't proven that he's got his game has come that far back. It's obviously very close, but uh, but I think that uh, I think he's gonna he, he's found some confidence and it's easy to ride that confidence week in and week out now. Adam Spieth, where are we at? Yeah, I'm going under par as well. Watching his pre-shot routine, you can tell there are still some bizarre thoughts in his head with the way he's sort of coming over the top and sort of taking these karate chop uh, practice wings, if you will. But this is a guy who, again, you know, the Masters in April, after that Saturday rain delay, his putter, he, his putter really struggled. And this is a guy who easily could have won the Masters back in April, triple bogey on Thursday on the ninth hole in round one. But this is, you know, this is a guy who's done things unorthodox in an unorthodox way before. Uh, I, I think he can keep rising and play well and maybe complete that career grand slam as well in 2022. I think his best shot is certainly Augusta, but I think he has a very similar to year to what he had last year. So I'm kind of with Bob and it's like the one under, I think he'll win. I don't think it'll be a major. I think he'll continue to look good. He'll be on a president's cup team. He'll be relevant, but I don't think he's going to be like, you know, the guys, the guy who is on, you know, you're, you have to have him on your team at majors. I don't think he's that guy. So, all right, don't forget, let us know your thoughts. Jump in on the conversation. Hit us up on our poll question at Golf Talk Canada, whether you want to let us know, just certainly vote on who you think is going to be number one, but uh, send us your thoughts. We'll talk about it next week on Golf Talk Canada. On the other side, it's three dub. Winners, weird and what? 
This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's get you caught up on all the leaderboards uh, from Championship Sunday in the world of golf. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in all of golf, as well as your GPS needs. Visit bushnellgolf.com to see what's coming from Bushnell in 2022. We had a Canadian victory. Richard T. Lee on the Korean PGA Tour wins the Hannah Bank Invitational. Congratulations to Richard. Uh, putting a victory on the board as we approach the end of 2021 on the European Tour. Uh, Jeff Winther gets the victory. Opened this tournament with a 62 in Spain and holds on for a one-shot win with a bunch of players chasing him down the stretch. Nice victory there. Jin Young Ko on the LPGA Tour wins in a playoff. She moves back to number one in the world. Uh, good for her. She is back to where uh, I think she started the year at world number one. If, if memory serves correct off the top of my head, she returns back to world number one. The Dominion Energy Charity Classic. Bernard Longer gets the victory over Doug Barron in a playoff. Longer the oldest player in history now to win on uh, the Champions Tour. He is the leader in the Charles Schwab Cup. Mike Weir and Stephen Ames are uh, in a good spot, continuing their Charles Schwab Cup season as well. So good on uh, Mike and Stephen as that continues. And on the PGA Tour, Hideki Matsuyama, a five-shot win on Japanese soil, the Zozo Championship, now third in the FedEx Cup. Charles Kalamorikawa and Sam Burns on the top of the FedEx Cup points race. Mackenzie Hughes, nice finish, great play, 70, 68, 69, 67. Mackenzie Hughes, 23rd now in the FedEx Cup points list with that T4 position at the Zozo Championship. The PGA Tour will make its way to Bermuda for the Bermuda Championship this week. We still have Mexico. We still have the RSM Classic, uh, in my, uh, sorry, the RSM at uh, Sea Island, Georgia. Roger Sloan, the other Canadian in this field. Roger had a, a bit of a rough week, finished T71, 72, 74, 71, uh, 73 for Roger Sloan. All right, that does it for us this week. We are going to get a reminder. We are on location November 15th in support of the Daily uh, uh, Bread Food Bank. We're going to be on location live with our friends at TaylorMade Golf Away Tours at the Swing Golf Lounge in Etobicoke, again, Swing Golf Lounge in Etobicoke, Monday, November the 15th. Come try to outdrive Adam Scully, see if you can grab yourself a couple of tailor-made MG3 wedges. We're going to have lots of fun, and that's coming up in a few weeks. I think we're going to stay live between now and then is the plan. We've got a tailor-made product special coming up for you this Wednesday on Golf Talk Canada Television. And our Twitter poll question this week, at Golf Talk Canada, who will finish number one? At the end of next year's FedEx Cup season, we want to know who you think is going to be number one in the world. John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, or other. And the last time we looked, John Rahm leading the way, but we're going to leave that up there, and we'll get to it next Monday. What do you gentlemen have on the agenda this week? Uh, Bob, you're going to keep your eye on the 
forecast and, and maybe take a shot later in the week or yeah we'll see maybe towards the end of the week maybe on the weekend i got uh i got a couple of stories i got to flush out a little bit hoping to talk to uh a couple of, i won't say their names just in case i don't get in touch with them but a couple of top a couple of top canadian players and we'll see if we can uh get them on the blower and do some stories for uh, tsn.ca looking forward to that scully uh we didn't get to talk to you off the top of today's show uh, where were you on the i'm booking golf or this is just a last minute if it happens to be nice i'm going or are you still putting tea times on the board yeah still trying my best i played on saturday and that might have been one of the nicer days of the fall you know 14 15 degrees really no wind at all which was great so i actually played well for once i you know a, a 75 and i lost by five shots to my buddy so i mean hate to see that but uh, i'm hoping maybe this sunday play on halloween maybe wear a costume out there maybe just uh try to you know have some sort of themed costume i don't know but uh ho- hopefully a couple more weekends left i always like to uh, always like to play one game of golf in the gta in november so that's my goal at least once in the month of november yeah, that's, uh, we'll have to see on that one. Uh, I know you're headed to Spain in a few weeks, which is awesome. So I know we're going to have a chance to chat about that. And there's a chance the three of us get to Carlsbad, which sounds mm-hmm. good. We thought that maybe that wasn't happening this year. Fingers crossed. I know our friends at TaylorMade are still working out the details. And if we don't get to Carlsbad, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have an amazing event here in Toronto. Uh, as It's funny, timing, because we're doing our product special. And a lot of that product is still very new with some of the new P790, uh, 770 irons and whatnot. But we're only weeks away from getting our peak at the 2022 product line, which I'm under the impression is going to, uh, we're going to see a new driver. We're going to uh, likely see new fairway metals. So uh, interesting to see what they come up with. Uh, and we'll keep our eye open on that. Boys, you guys have a great week, as always. Uh, Adam will talk this you week. Too. Bob will talk this week. If you get out there, stay warm and uh, have a great week. We're back next Monday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, live right here, TSN 1050. And we're back Wednesday for our tailor-made product special on TSN TV. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you so much for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.